There is no off-season. DeAndre Hopkins, touchdown, Houston. For your Houston Texans. Just flat out amazing. They're one step closer. Getting better today. we got to take a step forward today. Five nights a week. The bomb from Deshaun Watson. Whatever he's doing, he's hot. The hits keep on coming. Merciless. Cloudy. J.J. Watt. Go time. Now, from inside NRG Stadium, it's Texans All Access. Oh, yeah. Welcome in, everybody. Texans All Access, live from the... Sports Radio 610 Studios. I believe this has got a sponsor, which off the top of my head I can't remember. Edward, you remember the sponsor? I don't want Fuddruckers. Sports Radio 610 Fuddruckers Studio. Well, I guess it is written right above me, the Fuddruckers Studio. So, And, of course, there are signs all over the place. Thank you, Luke Mandola. And thank you to all of you for listening. I'm your host, John Harris. I will be here until 7 p.m., and you know what? We're going to kick it like we did last night, taking your calls, 713-572-4610, 713-572-4610. Hit me up on Twitter, at Football. The new league year is here, and I will couch everything that I say tonight with, it's been reported by, allegedly, um, reportedly, those sort of things, because nothing is official until physicals are taken, and those are all passed, and everything's ready to go. But the Texans, as of today, have three new members, actually a fourth, and we'll talk about that, but the three that are out there, Chantrell Henderson, the tackle from the Buffalo Bills, uh, Zach Fulton, guard-slash-center, center-slash-guard, depending on which side of bed you wake up on, from the Kansas City Chiefs, and Aaron Colvin from the Jacksonville Jaguars. Inside corner, outside corner, I think you could play him at either But those are the three guys that have been out there. And then when I was actually on with Sean Richard Ted on Triple Threat, Sinio Kilamente, Kilamente, Kilamente. We'll get the the right pronunciation. But young guard, young guard, 26, 27-year-old guard from the New Orleans Saints, throwing it to the mix. And as I told the guys, throw the paint up on the canvas and figure out the painting as you go. Now, that said... You've got to bring in good football players to be able to do that. Yeah, there have been some, there have been some decisions made. Nate Solder going to the Giants, that was, ugh, that was tough. That was tough. I know a lot of people had that as the plan and the only plan. And again, I know a lot of people will get on the phone, and I know if you want to, I'll listen. I don't care. 713-572-4610. That was a plan attack. What are they going to do now? Now you're ready to panic. Now you're ready to panic. And I understand a lot of that panic has to do with what happened last year. And I can guarantee you, knowing the people that I do and the people that I've talked to, they do not want a repeat of last year. They're going to do everything possible to make that. But again, it takes two to tango, meaning that Nate Solder had to accept coming to Houston Texans too. And who knows why these guys choose to go one place or the other. We'll have three guys coming in the building, hopefully tomorrow, to take physicals, sign, press conference, all that kind of stuff, hopefully tomorrow, so we can turn allegedly and reportedly into actual But we can ask Aaron Colvin. We can ask Zach Fold. We can ask Chantrell Henderson, why the Texans? Why not other places? So we'll find out a little bit more about that. But let's get it kicked off because I know Alan is always fired up to talk about the Texans. So, Alan, what's going on, my man? How are you doing? Man, what's up, John? Man, you know I've been waiting all day to call you. (laughs) Hey, wait, hold on. Alan, Alan, before you get started, do you have a Twitter handle? Yeah, no, nah, I don't, but I'm about to create one. I'm going to create me one. Okay, because go I was going to say, you can talk to me anytime at Jay Harris Football on Twitter when you don't have to wait until the radio show. I'm just I'm just saying you can do that if you want. You know what I mean? 
I got you, man. We're going to do that, man. What's going on, bro? Like, what's up, man? I mean, like, come on, man. I mean, I'm well, not going to eat them up too much because the money's too high on butler and soda. I'm not going to eat. I'm not going to eat games up that much. But feeling all like the dude from New Orleans, I'm, I'm checking this place, PFL, 41 out of 77. They ain't bad. They still got a lot of guards, a lot of linemen out there. I mean, what's up with Puke? I mean, as far yeah. as Matthew, like, I mean, come on. Like, they got they got to get it on, man, as far as, like, the, the, the Jaguars and the Titans laughing at us. I mean, the Titans bid it for Butler, and they had almost 20, 30 million less than the Texans. And they went to go get Butler. So it's like they laughing at us, man. They laughing at this dude, man. I'm laughing at this dude. I bet Rick Smith in Arizona laughing at the dude. Like, he, no, I mean, no. this is his first time being in the gym. All right. He got all right. Hold on. Hold on. Hold on. Hold on. Hold on. Hold on. First of all. As it pertains to to Malcolm Butler, just first of all, be careful what you wish for. That said, look, Malcolm Butler going to the Tennessee Titans, taking that money. Look, he's going he's going to play with his buddy Logan Ryan. He's going there, so you know that had that had to be some of it. And I'm not the biggest Logan Ryan fan at all. In fact, he was getting abused by DeAndre Hopkins in a game with Tom Savage, and there's dudes on Tom Savage as well, lit them up for 365. Now, that said, there comes a point, no matter how much money you have, that if you assess, for example, Alan, what if you had a million dollars and you could buy any house in the Houston area, but you know what? It was going to be in an area that you weren't totally set on living, but you know what? You had the million dollars, so you felt like you had to spend it, so you would go out and do something that you weren't totally nah, invested in doing. Right, look, look, let me say this, John, straight to that. All right, screw Butler. Let's go get easy games. Okay, go go, all right. There you go. Why are we not going after, like, Morris Club? There's a lot of good corners. They got DRC. There's a lot of good cornerbacks and safeties out there. All right, let's go big for Matthew. If Matthew talking over 10, 11, 12 million, could go to something else. You got Reed. You got Trey Boston. Like, I mean, come on, man. There's a whole lot of talent there. If okay. Has, games, have I'm any of those – Allen, hold on. Hold on, dude. Hold on. Or have any of those players signed anywhere? Ain't no – Okay, no, no. They, they have not like, – none of those I players mean, you talking, brought up. None of those talk. players – none of those players that you that you brought up have signed. So, let's go after them. I agree with you. Let's go after them. There's still money to spend. I get it. Absolutely, 100% get what you're saying. You know, by the way, you said something last night, Alan, I thought was really important, and I, and I, do, I do agree with this. With the Astros and Rockets playing as well as they are, I don't know if that puts any pressure on the Texans, but to a degree, it does. And I do think the Texans will be in that realm with a guy like Deshaun Watson leading the way, staying healthy, the team staying healthy, I think they could get in that realm. 2018, I'm not putting any guarantees on it, but I think this team, with a guy like Watson at quarterback, you feel good about that. But they got to get there. So you made a great point last night about that, and I, I didn't get a chance to hit on that, and I'm glad you called back in. But you bring up a number of names of guys that are still out there. Now, Morris Claiborne, okay. I mean, he didn't have a great start this career, but he's a veteran. He's been around. He had a much better second half of his career. I'm all right with that. Trey Boston at safety, I would do that. I think Trey's a good, solid safety. I don't know if it's anything, if he's a player that you just go, oh my goodness. But look, there are going to be a ton of teams in the mix for Tyron Matthew. A ton. Which makes me wonder why, ugh, why, why the Cardinals would end up cutting him 
and then signing Sam Bradford. What's Bradford making? Like twenty million? It's oh, oh man! If you are a quarterback, if you got a kid out there, and you're thinking, man, I think he played defense. I think he can do this. No, 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 no. You 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 teach that kid how to throw. You teach him how to throw because he either becomes a pitcher or he ends up becoming a quarterback. And either way, those are two hottest commodities in any sport. Right-handed, left-handed pitcher or quarterback. Now, to your point, EJ Gaines, I had seen the Texans were interested in him. Maybe they're trying to get that deal done. You come, you walk away with Aaron Cole and EJ Gaines. I said it last night. You're going to feel pretty good about what you have at corner. Kevin Johnson getting back in the mix. And look, I've, I've heard from a number of you, Kevin Johnson, listen, Kevin did not have a great year. Admittedly, didn't have that. Didn't have a great year. 2015, he played through some injuries as a rookie, and I thought he played pretty well. 2016, he was on the verge of turning the corner. Had a great game against T.Y. Hilton, and then that night, he's outside the locker room crying because he knows the season's over with his foot injury. And 2017, dinged up early, never got back in rhythm, and then it was tough. It was tough. But these corners in this secondary had been playing me on that pass rush. They've been playing behind Watt, uh, behind Watt and Whitney. And clowny. They've been playing behind those guys. And sometimes all it takes is six inches. Six inches that ball's offline. And that's something that the pass rush could generate. But I was just talking to Cody Stutz a little while ago, and it just felt like this past year in 2017, it was the it was the unfortunate, perfect confluence of pass rush getting hurt and the secondary just meeting the end of its road. So Hopefully that takes a step with Aaron Colvin. We'll talk a little bit more about Aaron Colvin as the show goes on. But I want to get to Jim. He's got a question about Derek Newton. Jim, what's going on, my man? Welcome to the show. Hey, John. What's going on? I haven't uh, heard an update about Derek Newton from you guys in a while, and I'm assuming he's out uh, or not a possibility for this year. No, that's not quite the contrary. I think I – think Derek Newton believes he can come back and play. Now, some people will say, wait a second, he's been out since, I think that was October of 16, that night against the Denver Broncos, and it was a pretty significant injury. There's no question about that. But no one, and I mean no one, and I've seen every player over the last four years that's gone through rehab, I have seen no one attack rehab like Derek Newton has. Now, what he has in the tank and what he has left, that there's there's no way of knowing. But the flip side of that is he's also had 18 months where he hasn't taken the physical punishment of facing defensive ends, outside linebackers, all that kind of stuff. So it's kind of one way and you know six one way, half dozen the other. There's some good and some bad in that. Now, how will it affect his movement? We talked about this a few years ago about potentially Derek Newton might end up being a pretty good answer moving into guard. But when you see the signings of Zach Fulton and then Senio Kilimete from the New Orleans Saints, that's two guards. You're bringing back Greg Mance. You got Jeff Allen still on the roster. To me, there's kind of a glut of guards now. Which two end up starting, we don't know yet. But it would seem that they look at Derek Newton still as a right tackle when he comes back uh, from the injuries. And we don't know what he will be. We don't know when he'll definitively come back. But I think in Derek Newton's mind, he's not done playing football. So from that perspective, Jim, I think all of us in the building are anxious to see whether he's able to do anything for OTAs when he gets fully cleared. I think that's the other thing. Medically, I'm, I'm not sure when 
when he'll be medically cleared, if that's something that's already happened but they've kept under wraps. I don't know. But I, I, in my heart, I think that Derek Newton sees 2018 as a viable opportunity to get back on this offensive line and help out. Okay. Hey, quick uh... – I thought that was going to be a quick answer, but hey, uh, it looks like all the good tackles may be gone. What would your strategy be for drafting maybe two or three tackles in various rounds and hoping one of them works out? Do you have any thoughts on that? Yeah, Jim, I, you know what? Hang on to that question because I think this is a good one. And you bring up a great point. And I noticed something today. I got, I got a, a packet from the NFL research from a buddy of mine. Uh, from the NFL, they put all the research together and had a listing of the top 100 free agents in the league this year. Of the top 100 free agents, there were three offensive tackles. Three. That's it. Three. One of them, Solder, one Chris Hubbard, and one Cameron Fleming. And the thing about it was, Nate Solder is the only one of those three that was a full-time starter. That shows you how thin it was at offensive tackle this year. Very, very thin. Now, that doesn't do any good when you line up on week one. What are you going to do at left tackle? We'll talk about that. What are some backup plans, if you will? What's plan B? What's plan C? If Nate Solder obviously ends up going to the Giants, what does plan B, plan C look like on his offensive line? We'll talk about that next. And Tyron Matthew. Are the Texans looking at Tyron Matthew? I hope the answer is yes. We'll talk about that next right here in Texas All Access. Download the Texans mobile app for news, videos, alerts, and more on your Houston Texans. Fear of missing out is a real thing. Don't have FOMO when it comes to your favorite team? Follow the Houston Texans on Twitter, Instagram, and Snapchat. Welcome back to a Wednesday. Is it Wednesday? It is a, It is Wednesday, right, Edward? All right. Man, days are all running together. Wednesday, Pi Day, 3.14. Use that number many, many times in my past life as a math teacher. Long, long time ago. I'm your host, John Harris, football analyst and silent reporter. Glad to be with you. Taking all of your calls tonight. You can be fired up like Alan. Alan, I appreciate it, my man. Thank you for waiting all day. 713 572 Edwards behind a glass. He has uh, got you if you want to get in and get on and talk with me. And listen, let's talk some football. I, I don't mind whether it's Texans. It can be anything. It can be anything in the NFL. It can be you're frustrated with. And look, <laughs> I see Twitter. I see how people are reacting. I follow Lamont. <laughs> That's all you got to do is follow Lamont. You, you understand how frustrated people are. But I think there's there's some of this that is – is frustrating from my perspective because I look at it and, and I see the the thoughts. Now here here's I wish I could read you my notifications. Go sign Honey Badger. You don't get a Honey Badger. It's not been a good free agency. We got to get but we got to get him. Got to get him. Got to sign him. Have to sign. Look, <laughs> as soon as it was announced that the Cardinals were releasing Tyron Matthew, every team came out of the woodwork and said, "Whoa, playmaking safety? Sign me up." But that's going to make it very difficult. Yes, he's one of the top paid safeties in the league. I would think he's going to get at least what he was making in Arizona. As I said earlier, Sam Bradford gets how much and Honey Badger gets released? Either way, I should call him Tyron. He wanted to be called Tyron, so I'll go with Tyron on that. But, yes, I would love for the Texans to go and get Tyron Matthew. 
And if I'm Tyron Matthew, he's got experience in this town after or, or leading up into the 2013 draft, which I think was his draft. He spent time here with John Lucas in Houston. I love this guy. I love everything about him. He might be 5'8", five, 5'9". Five, I don't even I don't even know what, I mean, how tall he is. I, I, I couldn't care less. When I watch that guy play ball, I love it. I love football players. And I know that sounds weird, but there are guys that play football, and then there are football players. He is a dude. He is a football-playing dude. So I am with all of you on this. I would absolutely love for Tyron Matthew to come here. But there are going to be teams calling left and right. And he has said what he wants. He wants to be with a contender where defensive football matters. He wants to have a shot for a ring. If you guys have Amazon, uh, I think what uh, Amazon Prime, go watch the Cardinals all or nothing. But I would only say do that if he does sign here. Because if you don't, you're going to go, oh, my gosh. Would have really liked to have had him. But here's the thing. If the Texans don't sign, and I want to reiterate this, if the Texans are unable to sign Tyron Matthew, it isn't because they didn't give everything possible. Sometimes you put it all out there. You put all of it out there. And a player just says, I feel better about this situation, or I like the money over here. There are all kinds of reasons that guys choose to go play in a particular city. Let's take Indomitian Sue, for instance, because I've been asking about him a number of times. Here's, here's the way the conversation goes with Indomitian Sue. Remember the Peanuts, the Charlie Brown cartoon, the teacher? Wah, 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 wah. Here's the way the conversation goes with Indomitian Sue. Wah, 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 25 million a year. Wah, that's all he needs to hear. He just needs to hear the number. That's it. He needs to hear the number. If the number's good, he's interested. If it's not, thanks. I mean, the Cowboys would love to have a Dominican Sue, but if he wants to break the bank, the Cowboys are like, nah, we're good. We're okay. Cowboys don't want to bid against themselves. They've been doing that for a long time. Hopefully, for their sake, Steven has sort of helped Jerry not bid against himself, and I'm not sure what the Cowboys cap situation is. But that's what Adamican Sue's going to do. He cares about the cash. He hangs with Warren Buffett. That's his decision. Now, Tyron Matthew, to me, strikes me as a guy that's not going to look at it completely that way. But let's be, let's be honest about this. All of us. I don't care what occupation you're in. I don't care what occupation you're in. I don't care if you're in mine. I don't care if you work at the Whataburger. I don't care if you work in financial services. I don't care. You want to be the highest paid person in your group. You want to be valued because that's the way that we all sort of value ourselves. Should we? Probably not, but we do. If I knew that there was a John Harris in another town and he made double what I did, I'd, I'd be mad too. I'd be like, pay me. Pay that man his money. But that's why, I mean, look, Tyra Matthew wants to get paid and he deserves to. He's a heck of a football player. So he's going to get some cash. Now, is he going to end up getting the money that you had earmarked for Nate Solder? Who's to say? Now, John McClain tweeted a little while ago, and by a little while ago, it was probably now. I remember seeing it was like 15 minutes after I'd seen it. So it was probably about 35 minutes ago that the Texans are definitely interested in Tyron Matthew. And there, it was not one of those, well, they're going to do everything possible to get him, but they're 
they're making a play for Tyron Matthew. And I would be completely okay with that. I would absolutely, 1,000%, I agree with all of you on that. And that scares me a little bit, to be honest with you. Because a lot of times I don't agree with the things I've seen. But, again, if Tyron Matthew doesn't decide to sign with the Texans, it isn't because the Texans didn't want him. It's the same with Nate Solder. The Texans went after it was down to the Giants and the Texans. And in free agency, when it comes down to two teams like that, you know that those two teams have put the best foot forward. I always bring up Daryl Morey because I always think about when they were chasing after Chris Bosh. And when they went after Bosh, they had the iPad and they were doing some kind of unique and cool things. But in the end, Chris Bosh wanted to play with his boys. There was nothing. There was nothing that Daryl Morey could have done to have pulled in Chris Bosh. I mean, it worked out because Bosh ended up going to Miami being a third wheel and you know how that went. But they pulled out all the stops to go get Chris Bosh. It didn't work. But it was never going to work. That's where Bosch was going. He was going to Miami. Was that Daryl Morey's fault? Same thing here. Nate Solder, A, Giants, B, Texans. He decided to go to the Giants. It's his decision. The Texans, I would imagine, went after him with everything they had. We're never going to know what they did. Oh, man, did they send him like a telegram? You know, did they send him like the box set of Seinfeld? It, we'll never know what they did. But I guarantee you, it comes down to two teams. The Texans put in a pretty significant bid, and Nate Solder said, I'm going over here. Now you got to figure out what you're going to do with left tackle. So let's dive into that a little bit. What now at left tackle? Well, oh, just saw this breaking news. Buffalo Bills agree to terms with A.J. McCarron goes to Buffalo. Wow. Well, he's the new Mike Glennon because the Bills are going to draft the quarterback. You don't make moves like the Bills have made and get rid of Cordy Glenn, a left tackle, mind you, to move up to 12 to not go draft the quarterback. The Bills have 12 and 22 in the draft. They had 21 and 22. Now they've got 12 and 22. They're moving up. I'm telling you right now, it's number three. Here's the way my first mock draft went. Number one, actually, I think I had a trade, but I had Darnold going to Cleveland. Number two, I had Quentin Nelson going to the Giants, and everything the Giants have done – says that I'm a little bit close to that. Keep an eye on that because now you're seeing more people catch, oh, maybe Quentin Nelson, the Giants. I had that a month ago. Number three, that's your trade. That's where Buffalo's going. Buffalo's going up to number three to trade with Chris Ballard. Ballard knows he wants to build from within. He wants to draft and develop. He doesn't want to have to rely on free agency. Three to 12, he can pull in a boatload of picks. He needs players. We all know it. You saw that Colts roster. It's not talented. He does not want to do this with free agency. He wants to draft and develop. That's how they're going to do it. The Bills are moving up to three. Somehow, some way, they'll give up 12. They'll give up 22. They might give up a next year first. I don't know, maybe something later. They got a ton of picks that they can work with. And Ballard will take them all. That's, that's the way it'll go. Darnold won or quarterback won. The Giants at two taking Quinn Nelson unless they're blown away by a a trade but everybody knows Ballard's in the business of trading this thing so I think teams are going to want to talk to the Giants and I think Dave Gettleman will listen but in the end you take the best player I think the drafting Quentin Nelson and then number three Bills come up go get a quarterback and then number four Cleveland there is getting Saquon Barkley so that's how it works it's telling you how the draft is going to go out so you can just start tuning in at pick number five and also to see what the Colts end up getting now so, A.J. McCarron going to the Bills. 
he'll be the next Mike Glennon. He's not good enough to keep these rookie quarterbacks at bay. He's he's not he's not of that ilk. Not at all. So so be it. He gets an opportunity at least. They needed somebody. The depth chart there was Nathan Peterman and I don't know, Joe Webb, maybe? I think that was it. So the Bills had to do something. They did it. They get AJ McCarron. And then they also go out and get a quarterback in this draft. And away you go. So let me I'll get into this a little bit later, too. I did a I did an article about the quarterback dominoes that now became official today, but Alex Smith. What did the move of Alex Smith to the Redskins being traded from the Chiefs, what did that mean for everybody? Cousins, Vikings, Broncos, Case Keenum. I had those two. I had McCarron in Cleveland. I had Tyrod Taylor staying in Buffalo. That's flipped. Flip those two. Kind of, I'm kind of on it. But what does that mean for the Texans at left tackle? All right. First of all, the free agents that are left at tackle. There's not much there. And there wasn't much there to start with. That's the thing. There wasn't much there to start with. In the top 100, there were three tackles, and only one was a full-time starter, and that was Solder. There was Chris Hubbard, and there was Cameron Fleming. No other starters. So according to Roto World, here are the top tackles on the board. Now, they, they list Justin Pugh at tackle. Which to me, that would be, that might be the way that I go. And I say that because I would want to have as much assurance as possible that he is healthy and ready to go for the 2018 season. If he is, I don't know that I ultimately love seeing him at left tackle. But that might be the best option on the board at this point. Here are the remaining tackles on the board. You tell me when you, you stop me when you go, okay, that guy. Number one, Solder going to the Giants. Justin Pugh, have not heard anything from Pugh. Maybe that's good news for the Texans. We'll see. Chris Hubbard was number three. He's going to Cleveland. Adrian Waddell, formerly of Texas Tech. I have not seen his name anywhere. Andre Smith, I did see him going somewhere. I think maybe staying with Cincinnati. But he's a guard. Cameron Fleming, tackle number six. Number seven, Chris Clark. Number eight, Greg Robinson. The experiment failed in both Detroit and St. Louis slash L.A. Number nine, Chantrell Henderson, Houston. Number 10, Marshall Newhouse. Number 11, Donald Stevenson. He's going to Cleveland. Number 12, Breno Giacomini. So for all those individuals looking for the 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 magic bean at left tackle. That's why I think we all were really excited about Nate Solder. Man, if that could happen, ah, oh, this offensive line. Well, with that group, if it wasn't Solder, there aren't there aren't really good plan Bs. So, what does plan B end up being? Maybe maybe it entails taking Julian Davenport and saying, "Look, here you go. Now's your shot." We make you the guy, and away you go. Now, Julian, as a rookie, to me, looked more comfortable left tackle than right tackle because he played left tackle at Bucknell. That's one option. Option two, drafting a rookie in the third round or packaging your third-round picks and moving up to the second round, but even that is no guarantee because the options at that point, Orlando Brown, 
Had a much better workout today at his pro day, which I was glad to see. It's a good football player. Big, long, probably a better right tackle than left tackle. But we are where we are in some sense to find that next left tackle. And maybe we try some different guys on for size and find the guy that fits. So maybe Orlando Brown, but that's going to be after a decent workout today. I'd imagine his stock is second round. So you're going to have to move to get up to get him. Mike McGlinchey, Notre Dame, same thing. I think you're going to have to move up to get him. And I don't know that I'm over the moon for either one of them. Connor Williams. I think he's going to be the one guy that maybe goes to the bottom end of the first round. The question is, does he even play tackle? He might be a guard. I mean, he's got the shortest arms. I mean, he's got short stubby arms. He's a good athlete. But he's not a guy that anchors well against bull rushers. I think he would struggle. And struggle mightily. Now, rookies do. Rookies struggle. Garrett Bowles found it out, and he was number 20 pick in the draft last year. But that's that's another way. Maybe you, you have a combination of Davenport, a rookie, and maybe you're able to get Justin Pugh that maybe Pugh plays a different position. Maybe he plays right tackle. But then if you have, you're in a pinch, maybe you move to left tackle. My whole point in all that is it's not going to be great at left tackle unless one of the young guys steps up and surprises you. And I think the player that's got that opportunity to do that ends up being Julian Davenport. That's the one to me. So let's say Zach Fulton comes in. Nick Martin comes back healthy. Jeff Allen's still in the mix. Sino Kelamete in the mix at guard. Greg Mance is in the mix at guard. Derek Newton is able to come back, and he's able to be healthy and play right tackle. Newton, Allen, Martin, Fulton, and a left tackle. Look, it would have been great if it was Nate Solder, but it's not going to be. That, I think, is better than what you had going last year. Marketably better? Remarkably better? No. But it's better. Then at that point, again, it's one of those unfortunate aspects with tackles, not only in free agency, But in the draft, it is not deep. It's not deep. And, to be honest, it hasn't been deep for a while. Now, there are some, I think, some guys in the third, fourth, fifth round I would like, and I wouldn't mind having them on this roster because I think they're athletic. I think they can play in due time. Young man out of Wagner, Snot, I think he can play. But I don't think he's ready. I think he's sort of like Julion last year. Julion got thrown in the fire. I don't know that he was quite ready. He better be ready in year two. The Texans are going to have to rely on him. They're going to have to rely on him a bunch. Richard and other people, stay on the line. 713-572-4610. 713-572-4610. One segment left. Then NCAA basketball again tonight. Right, Edward? Tonight? So you got basketball after me. So get your questions in. Hit me up on Twitter, at Football. I will get in as much as I can in the last segment. You guys hang on the phone. 713-572-4610. You're listening to Texas All Access. For the most in-depth coverage of your favorite team and players, check out HoustonTexans.com. Going somewhere? The Texans mobile app. Don't leave home without it. One final segment of Texans All Access from the Fuddrucker Studio at Sports Radio 610. I don't know if we'll be live tomorrow. We might uh, here. I'm not totally sure. Mark Vandermeer, Mark Vandermeer will be back, so we will have the show. It's a Thursday, so that typically means that General John McClain 
But I don't know, considering all that is reportedly planned for tomorrow, our hope is that if the free agents sign, Zach Fulton, Aaron Colvin, Chantrell Henderson, Senio Kilomete, if those guys sign, that we might be able to get them in studio for a little bit. We have that for you tomorrow. That it, This is, trust me, this is a fluid process. Fluid. Very fluid. And, man, I would love to talk to one honey badger. But we'll we'll see how that goes. We'll follow that, obviously, tonight. Let's get out to the phone. 713-572-4610. Richard wants to talk about Texas backup. Richard, what's going on, buddy? How you doing? Hey, how's it going, John? Uh, first, I just want to say, man, uh, you know, I really admire all the work you do for the Texans. and It takes a lot of... Uh, a lot of stuff, and, and, you know, obviously you do a lot of work for him. So I, I appreciate it, man. Thank do. you very much, Richard. See, uh, I, I just wanted to get your thoughts uh, with the backup QB situation because it seems like a lot of uh, well-known backups are getting signed left and right. So I didn't know if you think uh, they might look for somebody in the draft because there's not really a lot of names left out there they, they can get as a free agent. Yeah, you bring up you bring up a good question. And and I think backup quarterback, it's funny, Landry Locker, who produces for uh, Mad Radio, had brought this up about quarterback. I can't remember. I think it may have been – I think it was something in the Chronicle that said the Texans aren't looking for a quarterback, and Landry was like, the heck they aren't. They got to be. Now, as far as options that are out there, the one that I've always, I've always said, and I don't know what it looks like for Matt Moore in Miami, I just have kind of felt like – Matt Moore would end up being uh, – he would end up being a guy that they possibly would fit. I think Matt Moore would fit uh, as a backup. Now, that said, I think Chase Daniels signed with the Bears. I think that happened today. It was not excessive, but Chase Daniels ends up going to the Bears. And I, w- I would normally tell you, look, we're set at quarterback. But then again, you know how this quarterback thing is gone. So, to me, it's it's a priority. It's got to be something there. We've got somebody that somebody is in place that can end up uh, stepping in if something does happen to Deshaun and try and keep this thing on the tracks. Unfortunately, last year, that uh, that didn't happen. So hopefully, you guys will know that. But to me, Matt Moore would be a name that to keep an eye on. And there are going to be other quarterbacks that, off the top of my head, I'm trying to think free agency-wise. Let's see. Free agent quarterbacks. Uh, <laughs> 8, 9, and 10, here you go. Jake Cutler, Blaine Gabbert, Matt Moore. I would take Matt Moore before I take the other two because I just don't think Cutler would want to be a backup and knew he was a backup. And then Blaine Gabbert, you know, I'm not the biggest fan of Gabbert, but if he's going to be your backup, you could do a heck of a lot worse. As crazy as that sounds. Edward, let's go to Eddie who wants to talk about, I would imagine that means Derek Newton. Eddie, what's up, buddy? How you doing? Yeah, hey, uh, John, just want to say I totally respect your football knowledge, uh, your passion for the sport. Love it. Love it, Love it as a listener. Thanks, that man. I appreciate that. Said. Derek Newton, man, I'm, I've heard it from you, and I've heard it from Mirror also. I'm so sick to death of hearing anything about Derek Newton. He His best year was, a con, was his contract year. Besides that year, I mean, that graduated him to average. Besides that, he was not good. Period. Not a good tackle. That's just the long and short of it. So no, not really. Off a horrific, uh, coming uh, off a horrific injury. No, I agree with that. So now, so now you're, 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 like I said, you and Vandermeer, I've heard it for both of you guys. Now you're saying this guy's a viable option. He was one of the worst packs in football 
and I heard it from more than one site. They graded him out as one of the worst tackles. Well, first of all, I couldn't care. Alpha. I couldn't care less what PFF or some other numeric site. I, I I couldn't care less. I really couldn't at all. But I will tell you this: in 2014, Derek Newton was one of the best linemen that Texas had that year. Period. End of story. I saw every single play that year, as I have 14 through 17. Eddie, I appreciate it, man. Thank you. But Derek Newton, healthy, is an option for this offensive line. Healthy. Is an option for this offensive line. And I guarantee if Derek Newton were at right tackle last year, it ends up being a much better look at that position, more effective than what they had at right tackle last year. Now, Derek struggled in 2013. I, I don't for a second disagree with you on that. But he had knee surgery after that year. He played that entire year. With, knee, in, with that knee issue. Came back in 2014, good solid year. 2015, not as good as 20, uh, 2014, but 2015, thought he did a solid job. I thought he's better in 2014. Now, 2016, he was, he, I mean, the whole year was really a wash for him. He got banged up early with the ankle. I think he only played four or five games that year. And then, of course, the Denver game was what, game five or six? Eddie, I understand he's not a pro bowler. He's not an all-pro. I get that. But he's better than the options you've had there. And I don't care what any numeric site says. Have no, I, I don't give a rat's ass what PFF says. This grade here, that grade there. Don't care. Those things don't matter to me. Because I watch with my eyes and I watch. And I know the assignments better than PFF's going to know them. And again, Derek have issues? Heck yeah. Name a right tackle in the NFL that doesn't. Okay, that's what I thought. Eddie, I do appreciate the call, man. Thank you. All right, Edward, let's go to, I think it's Kale. Kale, what's going on, my man? How you doing, Mr. Johnny? I'm doing well, buddy. What you got? I, I enjoy your show with Mr. Vandermeer. Thank I you. I call him Matt of Encyclopedia. <laughs> Thank you. But listen, um, right now, we need a defense. We need a defense because uh, I'm not sure if Clowney, I mean, if JJ is 100 percent Right now, they have a Julius Pepe. They might can sue. They might, not, they might not be asking for much. Maybe less money. What can the Texans try? Because the pressure is going to be on Clowney and Marcellus. Now, Kale, so if AJ, I, go ahead. If JJ couldn't come back 100 percent I don't think we're going to make it. Because it put pressure on Clown and Marcelo. So that's what I'm saying. You don't stop it right now. It's free. We don't sue. Why can't they work something with these people? You never know. They might like to come here and help us. Because you can't put pressure on the, on the quarterback. Too much stress for him. You know, you don't get up from injury and everything like that. They need defense to win the game for them. Kale, let me ask you a question. Kale, hold on one second. Let me ask, let me ask you a question. Just... I'm going to ask you a question, and I think I know the answer to this. I think. Well, let me ask you. Do you like money? Yeah, I like money, but okay. if I've been playing for a while, well, I've got to break. Kale, I mean, Sue likes money more than anybody in the NFL, and unfortunately, I don't think the Texans want to use that money or should use that money on 
a guy that really would only be coming here because of the money. Now, in in theory, I don't think Kale's wrong about Indominus. Boy, I would love to see Indominus Sue. Whew. I've always been a Sue fan. I always have. But when it comes to, to free agency, and it comes to filling holes for your team, I feel like O-line and secondary are the two needs. To me, I'm probably going to have to pay the same amount for Tyra Matthew or Indomitian Sue. Probably a little bit more for Sue. If the money is there, Sue's going. It's clear. Absolutely without question, Indomitian Sue is going where the money is. I don't blame him. You only play this game for a short amount of time. So get what you can. But that's where Indomitian Sue is going to end up going is where the money is taking him. Because if Indomitian Sue, just looking at where teams have a need that could possibly pay him some money, and Dallas Cowboys, he would fit hand in glove, as much as I hate to say that. Now, the Texans front seven is perfect. But from a priority standpoint, you're not going to satisfy everything in free agency. You're not going to satisfy anything in the draft, and that goes for every team in the league. The front seven is probably one area that if I've got to push it down a priority list, that's where it would go. Now, if Adama Kinsu said, hey, yo, Texans, hook it up. I will come play for you. Hometown discount, even though I'm uh, discount, even though I'm from Portland. I want to come to Houston. Then you probably could make something happen. Then you probably can make something happen. But it's pretty clear through Sue and his agent, he's going to go where the best money deal is. Why do you think he went to Miami? You think he went to Miami because he felt like he had the best opportunity to win a championship? Hell no. He went to Miami because Miami threw mad dollars at him. Why do you think he left Detroit? He stays in Detroit with Matt Stafford. Who knows what they could? Nope. Couldn't get the money right. Money wasn't right. Money was much better in Miami. He's going to Miami. Would I like him in Houston? Yes. Kale's philosophy, I think, is on point. Yes, it would be good to have somebody in there. But to me, that takes a backseat to is the offensive line fixed. How about the secondary? To me, Tyra Matthew makes more sense with what the team has. Is Sue a better player overall? Possibly. But would Matthew fit? This defense better and satisfy a need, scratch an itch? No question. Appreciate you guys calling. We'll be back tomorrow. We'll break it all down for you right here on Texans All Access. Edward, you're the best, my man. We'll see you tomorrow. NC basketball, NCAA basketball coming up next right here on Sports Radio 610. See you tomorrow, buddy. And as always, go Texans. You've been listening to Texans All Access. Keep up with your Houston Texans 24 hours a day, seven days a week. Follow us on Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, and Snapchat.